Welcome back to this Builder Funnel Radio original mini-series Sales Mastery for Remodelers and Custom Builders with Brian Kaplan. Brian is a construction business coach who's changing the perspective of remodelers and builders like you from blue-collar help to professional business owners. In episode five, Brian gets really fired up. He's extremely passionate about needing to get paid for estimating, and I agree with him. Let's get right into the show so you can stop wasting time with clients that aren't going anywhere and start getting paid for your time and expertise. Hey guys, welcome back to this original mini series here on Builder Funnel Radio. This is Sales Mastery for Remodelers and Custom Builders. No surprise to you. I've got Brian Kaplan back with me again. How's it going, Brian? Doing very well, Spencer. Good, good. And uh, I think you know for this this episode, I know you've been kind of chomping at the bit, you know, to <laughs> to get to this topic. And I know we've been kind of teasing it out for a few episodes, but I think this one will be really insightful for a lot of people that maybe you're you're not doing some of these things and it'll cause a big shift in your sales process, but I think it'll be a big shift for the better. So today we're going to talk about getting paid for estimating. And I know that uh, to some people, maybe you're already doing this. And I think for a lot of people, that sounds a little bit intimidating. So Brian, maybe let's set the stage with this topic. Why are you so passionate about this? <laughs> it's a great question. And I think the first thing I want to say today to everybody listening is that Everything I tell you today in this podcast and that I've spoken about in this mini series so far is our actions and results that I've personally done myself for the final four years of my sort of correct, my active construction career. We did not do an estimate for free. We got paid for every single estimate. So everything I'm about to kind of unleash on you here is from my actual experience. And it's not me just giving you some terms and, you know, telling you to go do something that I haven't actually done myself. So. When we talk about the objections, when we talk about the mindset and how you're feeling when we talk about this, you know, topic in general, you know, these are all feelings that I've had. These are all experiences I've gone through. So first and foremost, I just want to frame it for everybody. And, you know, I am so passionate about this because for a very long time, I've always felt that our industry, you know, treats professional remodelers and custom home builders, you know, it's a very thankless type of business is, is the impression that we get. And ultimately we were told that, you know, doing free estimates and things like that is the cost of doing business. And for me, that along with the payment system in general are completely inverted for how I feel every, you know, remodeling and custom home builder should really operate. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I feel like one of the first few things you always hear with this topic is, you know, how do you compete with the guys that are out there if if kind of the norm is to provide estimates for free and then you're starting to do things a little bit different you know how does that come across to the consumer you know how can you compete with people that are just hawking free estimates <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's it's funny because like all of my clients for example will be driving somewhere and they'll be on a you know an interstate or a freeway and they'll see a, you know a van or a truck go by that's got a big free estimates banner on the side of their vehicle and a lot of them if they're not driving or behind the wheel will actually take a picture or get their wives or partners to take a picture and send it to me just to kind of say, you know, hey, like this is what's out here, but we're we're comfortable in the position that we have. And so, yeah, it is very challenging. You know, we hear these objections like everyone in my area does these for free. So how could I consider charging? You know, who's going to listen to me if I actually say that we have a paid process for this? You know, clients, Uncle Bob, who we've talked about, we've picked on Uncle Bob a lot through this series, but 
Uh, everyone's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's, you know, these self-proclaimed experts in the industry, they'll tell you that this is the cost of doing business. And that's absolute nonsense. It's not the cost of doing business. You know, you might also be thinking to yourself, well, is it really that much work for me to put maybe a ballpark or a high low cost together and give it to a client? And, you know, you might also get invited to bid on projects and, you know, through architectural partners and things like that and feel like you have no choice but to offer that sort of free estimating process. And I think all of those objections and all of those feelings that you're thinking and hearing, they're, they're all valid to think. But the reality is, is that actually putting in a process where you charge for that estimating sort of development is the way you get around this. And it's the way that you start to really, you know, kind of change the perspective of the people that are around you. And, you know, we're going to get to this in a bit, but really the big idea here is that you will get better clients if you do this. It's really what it comes down to. You will likely get fewer clients, but you will get the right type of clients. And that is worth more to you than a whole boatload of the wrong clients. Yeah, absolutely. More higher margin clients is always going to be better, even if it's less than a bunch of just stuff that you're ended up just chasing around and you have tons of problems and, you know, and you're probably not getting the right, the right margins anyway. So I guess if somebody's listening to this and they're not currently using this type of program where they're charging for an estimate or a price or a scope of work or whatever you want to call it, I guess, where do you start in thinking about trying to implement this process? Yeah. And it's a great question. And I think that's probably on the tip of everyone's mind right now. And so the big shift, the real starting point for all of this is that, you know, you really have to believe in the value that you offer somebody, you know, that kind of objection of, is it really that much time for me to just put a ballpark together and give them a high low? That's not valuing the experience, right? Yeah. I always talk about, you know, you owe me for the years of experience, not the hours it takes to complete the work. And it's the same sort of thing here. Estimating a project and helping to be the quarterback value engineer and develop that project along the way, alongside your architectural design partners, as well as the client, that is cost of work. That is a job cost. And that's something that's really, really important. But it starts with you valuing the expertise that you bring to that entire process. Because as we know, and we've probably talked about already, if you do not value or do not believe in the value that you're bringing, you're going to have a very tough time convincing anybody else of it because all of those little objections that they're going to throw your way are going to kind of break down that little, you know, sort of self-confidence wall that we talked about, right? That rejection that we talked about. And basically, you're going to end up sort of flat-footed and not really have a great response. So that first sort of step is really sort of saying to yourself, I value the offer or the value that I bring to the actual estimating process. Yeah, I like that. And I I know you can equate it to different like professional services. And I always think about, you know, like a doctor or something like that. And I like how you framed it, you know, you're getting paid for the years of experience, not the time. And you want to really where you're working towards is getting paid on value, not on just hours and time. I think you can dive into this in a second. But I like that analogy, because if you think of it that way, And you actually think of the doctor analogy, when you go in and you're trying to diagnose, you probably start asking all these questions and then you're trying to prescribe the right solution, which does require a lot of work and time, you know, but it also does require that knowledge, you know, to figure out like, oh, you could probably do this project 10 different ways. Well, I'm going to help you find the best way, the right way for you. 
Is that yeah. kind of where you're heading with some of this? Oh, for sure. And I love that you brought up kind of the, the doctor analogy. And I use that a lot in the sales training simply because we always talk about diagnosing as you said, and, and really that's part of the relational selling process, right? Is really going in there and not selling is actually asking the right questions. As we've kind of talked about in the earlier part of this mini series, we talked about the psychology and all of that. It's really about deepening that relationship. So making that initial connection. And then of course, deepening that. And the way that we do that is ask everybody their favorite question is tell me more about yourself. Tell me more about your house. Tell me more about what you don't like, et cetera, et cetera. And so I love that you brought that up. And it actually correlates to the vision that I have for the company that, I'm, that I own and I'm running, which is really to empower every single construction business owner to be valued, respected, and treated as a professional like doctors and lawyers. Because to me, there's really no difference between what we do and what they do. And when we talk about this whole free estimate things, you know, the last time I checked, dentists don't give free checkups. Lawyers don't really give you legal advice for free. And I'm pretty sure that accountants don't do your taxes for free either. So why are we doing this as remodelers and custom home builders? Why are we doing this work for free? Yeah, I think it's a great point. There's so much time that goes into doing it right. You know, so it feels like it almost feels like if you're going to do it for free, you're not going to want to spend the time you really need to because you're just doing free work. And then you put together a number and that number may not actually be accurate. I mean, is that part of it too? Just trying to like the accuracy of that number that you end up giving to a client? Yeah, for sure. And and in the estimating masterclass that I teach, one of the big things that I, I preach to everybody, and it's the same for the sales process, is to slow down, right? And I think that this is a common sort of thing in the industry that we're in, in that we're rushing to get to that that B word, that budget, right? We want to find out how many chips does this person have to put in the pot here so we can figure out quickly or, or in our minds qualify if this is a prospect that's worth chasing? Is it the type of ideal you know, prospect that we're going to work well with, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that ultimately, we have to just understand that an estimate is far more than just a few numbers on a page. To your point, it's about that accuracy. And the only way we get accuracy is by going through and building a relationship and helping to have value engineer and quarterback the design process along the way. What we never want to end up with is a set of plans. And you know, if you're not driving right now, you can raise your hand after I say this. Raise your hand if you meet a client who's got a set of plans and they've outpriced themselves based on the design. And that's the situation that we never want a client to get into. And so the idea of the paid estimate is actually beneficial for them because it avoids that from being a reality. Yeah, I think that's huge. I'm maybe just going to like dart us all over the place because I have <laughs> lots of questions about this too. But like, what's a reasonable fee to be charging? You know, you said dentists don't do free checkups and some of the, you know, you talked about some of these other professions, but, mm-hmm. you know, how should we go into that and saying, okay, yeah, we've gone through, you know, if you think about the sales process last episode, we got into the home, we got all the way to the end. And then, of course, that next step is now we're trying to get, you know, paid for the next step. What's a reasonable fee? Is it flat fee? Is it percentage based? But then what's the percentage based off of? Because you're, you're, you're only estimating at that point. You haven't done the work. You don't know what it's going to be. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. And, I th- and it's a great question. I think a lot of people are probably thinking this too. And what I always say to people is, if you're not doing it right now, just start with anything. It really doesn't matter where you start with this. It could be $150. I had a general contractor that's local here in Toronto in one of my classes. And we started talking about this and I just told him, 
just go and charge $150. Doesn't really matter what the amount is because people don't value what they don't pay for. And that's part of the idea of creating a little bit of, as we talked about, I think last time, some exclusivity, right? We talked about kind of being, you know, in a pack of winners kind of thing. And when you add a little bit of friction in that process by charging something, whatever that number is, you're going to see a bit of a shift. You're going to see, you're going to start hearing no a lot more is really the reality of it. But that's going to be that first kind of filter that you, you know, from the friction that you're adding to get to those better clients that you're having. So, or that you want. And so I don't think it really matters what amount you charge. I don't think it really matters how you do it. And what I mean by that is if you're a fixed cost builder, you might want to have just a flat fee. If you're a cost plus builder, maybe you want to continue that model, right? Or really, if you think about it, you're starting that sort of transaction or that financial transaction with this prospect who hopefully you plan to build with. So starting in the billing format that you're actually going to continue in is a really helpful way to do it. So can either be a flat fee, you could do it time and material kind of way, cost plus, but ultimately it's really just about saying, I'm no longer going to go out to someone's home for free. Gotcha. I like it. So in the last episode, we talked about going into the home, kind of walking around, talking with the homeowner, that visit should be charged for, or you're saying the following one? Yeah, and a good question. And I think it's really going to depend on how you sort of do that earlier work, right? That phone call conversation, you know, that phone call conversation is really, you know, each one of you, each side kind of getting to know each other and seeing if there might be a mutual fit here. It's important for us. We always used to express that this is a paid process. So we wouldn't charge to actually go to someone's home, but we would only go to someone's home where we felt that there was a high chance that they were going to be the type of client that we wanted. So we, you know, it's why we say slow down in that process, do your research. You have so many tools, as we talked about last time to research people before you go and run around and meet all these different people and spend two or three hours of your day. So when we would go there, we had a pretty good idea that this was going to be someone that could fit into the model that we have. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I would imagine too, if you, like you said before, even if you just start charging 150 bucks, if they're going out and talking to two or three companies, now you're the one that looks different, right? Yes, exactly. The other thing I'll add is, you know, I have a, a, you know, a client of mine who's a custom deck builder and he now has basically created that process where I think it's 250 is what he charges to go out. So he won't go and he will actually will not go out and meet anybody without $250 being paid. And I think, so I think it depends on how your business is structured. If you are, you say a larger general contractor, you're probably going to have more of a sales process developed. And so chances are it's going to be at that in-person meeting where you're really walking through what this preliminary agreement looks like and kind of unpacking it for people versus if it's a little bit of a shorter transaction, meaning like say a custom deck or, you know, smaller home services type based business, it might very well just be that you know, that fee that we charge to come out and meet with you. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I think, you know, your point is a good one. If you're not doing this, just get started and then you can get a little more aggressive as you build that confidence and say, Hey, I don't even want to do, you know, this first meeting unless I get paid. And then you can play around with raising your rates on, on different parts of the process. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know one of the things you talk about is, you know, actually putting your clients at a disadvantage if you do free estimates. What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, for, yeah, first and foremost, people don't value what they don't pay for. So when they get their free estimate, they basically got what they need from you. And chances are you're putting a client into a mindset of shopping. You know, we, Spencer, you and I have talked about this extensively, right? And 
the reality is people do sort of still follow that whole idea of shopping around. And people might just take estimate one and estimate two and estimate three and keep going around until they hear the number that they want to hear. And the problem with this is that just like everybody listening to this, you know the complexity involved in a remodeling project or a new custom home build. And the reality is, is that those people, those, those prospects, they don't know that. They are basically at a disadvantage because now all we're doing is allowing them to judge different building companies solely on price. And from the outset, when we look at their digital presence, their website might be great. They might have a lot of great reviews and nice finished photos and all of that. But we haven't actually given them any insight into what does it look like to work with us and really help them understand A, where the costs are going, but B, how we're going to protect and give you security in this whole design and development process so we don't outprice ourselves or we don't you know, receive a set of plans and say, sure, we can build it for this. And then it ends up being twice that. So ultimately, you're, you know, if you are participating in bidding, if you are participating, giving free estimates, then you are literally putting everybody that's reading them at a disadvantage. Yeah, I like it. That makes sense. Well, hey, I want to put you on the spot a little bit here. And uh, maybe we can do a quick role play. You know, I'll be kind of a, a client or prospective client, I should say. And then you can kind of introduce the concept of, oh, well, if you want to go to this next step, it's going to be however much I'll let you kind of take it from there. But <laughs> I think it would be helpful for people to just kind of sure. like, how do you frame it? You know, because I think part of it is like, oh, well, yeah, we charge 150 bucks. And they're like, well, why? <laughs> you know, So let's just kind of jump in. I'll just say, you know, hey, Brian, I was hoping uh, to, to have you guys come out and, and look at my kitchen. We're hoping to do a remodel. You know, is that something that you guys can do? Yeah, kitchen remodels are definitely well within our wheelhouse. Uh, we'd love to learn a little bit more about yourselves and what your goals are. So what's the most important thing for you in this project? Yeah, I would say, you know, we're looking to open it up. It feels like we just, we're kind of cramped in there and it's kind of closed off from the rest of the house. When we have people over, it just feels like you're either in the kitchen or you're, you know, in the living room. And I feel like we're trying to, to get rid of that uh, cramped feeling. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys have kids in the house? Are you thinking of opening it up so that, you know, it can be more of like kind of, uh, you know, a joint space or do you entertain a lot? Yeah, some of both. We have a couple of kids and we like to have people over. So it would definitely help kind of solve both those problems. Awesome. Awesome. And have you guys ever done any sort of remodeling or built any homes before in the past? We never have. Yeah, this is our, our first foray into it. Yeah. How are you feeling about that, that process? Mixed feelings, I guess. I think uh, we're excited just because we kind of have some ideas about what we want the final outcome to be. But we've heard some horror stories from different friends and colleagues. And, you know, we don't really want to end up in one of those situations. Absolutely. Yeah. No one wants to end up on TV. There's no question about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have like a kind of a time frame or, you know, just help me understand a little bit where you are in your kind of in your journey here? Yeah, we were thinking in the next, you know, three or four months would be great to to knock this project out. And are you kind of at that early stage of just looking online and maybe getting to know some builders and looking at inspirational photos? Is that kind of where you're at? No, we've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, I would say, you know, we've had some different design ideas up on some, you know, Pinterest boards and Instagram for a while. And yeah, now we're actually uh, ready to make some moves. Awesome. Have you engaged or spoken with any architects or design partners or anybody else in the industry? We haven't talked to any architects. We thought about it, but we weren't, uh, haven't gotten down that, that far yet. 
Yeah. And that's actually good. You know, I'll say that one of the most important things in the approaches that we take here at Brian's Building Company is that we use something called integrated project delivery. And it sounds like a big fancy term, but really the idea is, is that we're going to kind of align the project outcome as the central goal. And so we're going to make sure that we are always designing this project with our budget in mind so that we never kind of outprice ourselves. And I think that this is something that we've seen, you know, time and time again in the industry, and perhaps maybe some of those friends and colleagues that you spoke about a moment ago have gone through this as well, where they've really fallen in love with the design and an overall scope of work that ends up being more expensive than what they wanted to invest in their project. And so we take this really detailed approach to kind of working through this sequentially with people to make sure that we land in the right spot, both from a design perspective, but also, and probably most importantly, from that investment level perspective. That makes sense. Yeah, I could see how that that would happen. You kind of get excited about some design and then realize it's not possible (laughs) or not possible (laughs) for the budget that you want. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, that sounds great. So, you know, I think that this is the type of project that probably fits a little bit with our schedule and as well, the type of work that we do as a professional remodeler in your area. Probably the next step that makes sense is that we book a time for us to come out to the house and kind of walk through, you know, the home and just learn a little bit more about you, but what you don't like about the house, what you're hoping or envisioning for the finished space. And we can kind of, you know, start to kind of see where this journey goes for both of us and really take out a lot of the scope of work points and start to build, you know, something that that is a little bit more substantial. How, How does that sound to you? Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and get that scheduled. That's great. So the one thing I want to bring up before we actually set a day in time is that, you know, as I mentioned, we have this integrated project delivery and this type of process that we have in terms of estimating your project, developing it, and along with the design in hand, this is actually a paid process that we take our clients through. And one of the main reasons that we do this is that what we're trying to do is give ourselves enough space and time to fully develop the scope of work to make sure that we we remove any of those surprises that can come in later on in the project because we didn't take the time to pre-plan it. And ultimately, I can sum it up by saying that we're trying to get to the end price of your project before any hammers go into the wall. And so how much is it to have you guys come out? We we do our initial consultation. There's no charge for that. During that actual consultation, when we're speaking with you, we'll walk you through what the steps are of the process and kind of guide you through what the fees look like through that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's go ahead and set up the meeting then. Awesome. All right. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. I think it's good. And I'm curious too, if we can do just like a quick cut to like pretend we're at the end of the next meeting and then you're saying, okay, it's going to be X dollars. So, and then we'll just... I want to hit that piece and then we'll kind of back out of the role play. Here. Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. So fast forward, we're in the home. Brian's done a great job of asking me all these good questions. He's uncovered my pains, you know, our goals, our dreams. And now he's walking us through the process. And then I get to the point, I say, all right, so what's the next step after this? Yeah. Awesome. And so, and you know, thanks so much for giving me all that insight because I think it's really helpful for us to have an alignment. As much as we're here as the perspective builder, we're also making sure that this is, you know, a good fit for us from, you know, really a relationship perspective because 
we always like to say that we're a relationship company that we just happen to do construction. And it's important for both sides to feel like a good mutual fit. So if you are interested in kind of taking that next step, let me walk you through what our preliminary agreement is and, and kind of how it works. Essentially, we break down the work into five distinct phases at any point during the process, if you feel like this isn't going in the direction that you'd like to go, you're welcome to actually stop the agreement and any work product that we've created to that point is yours to keep. And fundamentally, we're going to start with this, you know, compiling some information. So we've already shared a lot of great details to me right now, which is fantastic. We do a much more in-depth kind of review of the home. We're going to come by and do kind of like a 3D imaging of the entire home so that we have all of these different perspectives and views that we can use when we're actually getting down to estimating the process or project, I should say. So it's really about capturing all of that information. We move into our design phase where we'll work hand in hand with your architectural and design partners to make sure that we develop that vision for the house that you really like, but always being very mindful of Step number three, the estimating component. So we speak you know, specifically to that investment level that you want to sort of keep ourselves capped in. We also always look at the investment level by backing out any of the sales tax that needs to get paid, as well as our own fee for you know, running the project so that we can really get down to the what's the build budget that we need to make sure that we're not designing to a total number that then has to have taxes and all of that applied. So again, speaking to that kind of security that you talked about, you talked about, you know, friends and colleagues having projects go over budget and over time and it being incredibly stressful for their lives. And I know that with two young kids in the house, you know, you've shared that this is, you know, a bit of a stressor for you and, and a worry for you. And so I want to assure you that the idea here and taking this time to go through these five distinct steps is really going to help again to get to the end price of your project before it begins. And so we kind of transition into step number four, which is where we start to mobilize a little bit towards that filing the design, finalizing that investment level and getting into that permit phase. And then step number five is really that pre-construction phase where we flush out the remaining details. The one thing I want to say is the reason we take this time is because when we first meet you, there's just a, it might seem like a simple main floor gut redo with a kitchen and all of that, but there are just a lot of decisions that need to be made. And I think it's important for you to also know that as for wherever you are, when you start this journey, it's going to change as you go through it. And so it's really important that again, we give ourselves the time and the space to be able to kind of accept that changing, you know, state that you'll have and make sure that we can kind of react in real time and end up with a final design and investment level that makes sense for you and the family and make sure that it aligns with, you know, that design and, you know, that you kind of want to have at the end. So so basically, I, I, you know, I just kind of walked through those five steps. Do you have any questions about, I'm sure you might have a ton of questions. Do you have any questions about those five phases at all? Yeah, I think uh, a couple come to mind. The, the steps make sense and it definitely sounds like a little bit different process than uh, what we've heard. What does it cost to go to the next step? And then how long will that piece take? Yeah, it's a great question. What we'll do is we'll actually provide you with a preliminary agreement. And in that agreement, it'll actually break down those five phases and there'll be a rough allotment of hours inside of each phase. We are a cost plus builder. So meaning that we're fully transparent. So every cost that we pay is something that you see. And so we follow that same principle in our preliminary agreements. We charge based on uh, $75 an hour, and there'll be a rough alignment of hours inside of each phase. Each phase is a little bit different in terms of the volume of hours that go into it. When we get into that sort of estimating phase, there's, there's a 
a larger amount of hours there simply because an estimate is a lot more than just, you know, a few numbers on the page. There's going to be a lot of different trade partners that we're going to reach out to and we're going to host something called the trade day, which is where we'll bring all of our trade partners into your house and we'll be walking them through and making sure to identify that scope of work because that's really where cost increases come from is where we look at something and we know a lot, but we don't know everything. And we're also not, you know, complete specialists in every single trade discipline. So we rely on our trade network of partners to basically come in and give us another set of eyes. So that estimating phase has a larger amount of hours, but as I said, it'll be broken out for you in that preliminary agreement. Okay. Well then, yeah, I guess we're, we're interested in looking at what that looks like. Awesome. Great. So we'll draft it and, and send (laughs) it off to you. Now, I just want to say actually people for you listening If you have an idea that it's a kitchen remodel, a gut redo, come to that meeting with that contract, come with those hours populated. I only, Spencer literally has dropped this on me. He's did. He's like, let's do batting practice today. He didn't tell me he was doing batting practice. So yeah, no warm so up, you know, <laughs> I was caught there. I was caught there. See, like I talked about preparation is everything, right? People. So come to that meeting though, with that contract, you want to be able to give it to them. You want to be able to walk them through it, help them understand all of the different phases and what does it look like, right? Cause people are going to do the math really, really quickly, right? That's how people sort of think they're going to look at those. They're going to look at the numbers. You're not necessarily looking to get a signature right there and then, but you want to be able to actually come prepared and, and frame it for them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did just throw all this at you. So thanks for, <laughs> uh, for playing along, but I think it shows too, just how much you've done this before, you know, not knowing that I was going to hit you with that. It just sounded, <laughs> it sounded natural. Just like, Hey, this is kind of the process that you've been using. I'm always curious to you if, if somebody hits you with the, okay, this sounds good, but these two other people are providing with three estimates. Like, they'll just hit you straight up with the why, you know, why do I have to pay you? Like, why can't I get to the estimate stage for free? <laughs> you know, like yeah. these other guys. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and by all means, you absolutely can. What you spoke about to me was that you were really concerned about ending up in kind of that renovation 911 mode. Yeah. And you've heard this from friends and colleagues. And ultimately what we want to do is give everybody here time and space to really work through. One of the things that we always talk about when it comes to estimating a project is that we're not actually solving a numbers problem. We're solving a scope of work problem. And I think what happens is that if we rush to throw out a number to you, we're going to miss a bunch of that scope of work. And those are the things that are going to come back later. So like I said, we want to get as close as we can to the end price of the project at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Anything else that stood out just from our role play that you kind of want to like pull out and highlight or just anything that we've kind of missed because I derailed us a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so. cool. And hopefully, hopefully for all those that have been listening to this so far, you saw a lot of the things that I talked about I used in my responses, including the last one, which is a very important point I want to make. When you go up against, you know, hypothetically go up against competitors here in the context of a client like Spencer just saying to me, hey, two other guys came in and didn't talk about this. Why do I have to pay you? Notice I did not even mention them. I did not even compare ourselves to them or anything like that. What did I do? I focused on the person themselves that's speaking. And I talked about the security. I talked about their internal driver, right? What was their, what was that little breadcrumb as I talked about last week? What was the breadcrumb that they dropped that I picked up, I collected, and I keep throwing it back at them, right? I use the same words and I use friends and colleagues, right? I use those words intentionally because that's what Spencer said. So, 
it's all about just, you know, trying to read that situation, forget about competing because we're trying to make the competition irrelevant. We're trying to focus on the black and white facts of the case coming all the way back to the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. I stayed in that, that logic center, right? When I talked about that, I was just going black and white. We want to get to the end price of your project at the beginning, right? I kept coming back to that. And so it makes it very easy for a client to mentally push through that because they're like, that makes sense to me. Also, I didn't get opened up in any emotional combative nature because I didn't give it back to them. So, you know, I didn't give them that fuel to say, yeah, go ahead and challenge me again, because I just talked about another builder that might be a very great builder in your area that's well-respected, that just isn't doing, you know, that is still doing free estimates kind of thing. So I didn't engage in that. And I stuck really, you know, in that logic center, but use their emotion very well by using those keywords and those phrases. Yeah, this is really, really good stuff. No, that's this is really good stuff. I feel like, you know, you've done a nice job tying it back to those original things that we talked about where when you're doing the research and you're asking those questions, like you've got to jot down the notes and remember those things that they're saying. Like you said, I, you know, we were feeling cramped and so and we were worried about the the nightmares. And so you brought those things back and you you started to to differentiate yourself. But uh, they're starting to implement this process. I have some guesses as to like kind of how this will shake out with your sales numbers. But like it seems like you'll have probably a similar number of these first meetings, but then your next meetings, there will probably be a drop off because you're charging. But then hopefully anyone that does move forward, that close rate goes up. Is that generally how this starts to play out? Yeah. And like... Let's zoom out a little bit and I'm going to go a little, get into a little bit of the emotional side and pray on that for a second for everybody listening. So many people are in this business for so long, so many years, and they, and I think we've all seen it before. And maybe you're feeling this way listening to this, but you, you end up growing a business that you resent. And what I mean by that is that we, we land in this scenario where it's the same stuff over and over again, you know, I hear it from builders all the time. Whenever I talk about us being commoditized through doing free estimates, they always say that they're so tired of doing it. They don't know how much, like when you compete against somebody, how much time did the next builder spend? Maybe they just took 30 seconds and jot down, jotted down a number on a piece of paper and that's their estimate. Meanwhile, you might've spent two days working on something. And they, I think, I think a lot of people go through this business and then eventually they just close their doors, right? And it's yeah. kind of, you know, they retire and all that. So one of the things I just want to say right at the beginning of this concept of adding friction and what do the numbers look like is consider that the type of people that you're going to end up working with, right? And build these relationships with and really, you got to think about these are temporary kind of part-time relationships that you go from one to, it's like speed dating almost, right? Except maybe it's not even speed dating because it's like six months at a time. You're around all these people for however many years. Don't you want to enjoy the ride is really the message I'm trying to get at here. So as we bridge into this concept of like, what are our sales numbers and targets and all of that, you know, how do those get affected? Just remember from a big picture perspective, it's about enjoying that ride also, right? Because I think we're so used to just pushing, pushing, pushing. And, you know, the most famous line, I think in construction, maybe the second most famous line is that if we just get this done, then 
insert blank. And I usually hear if I can just get this project done, then I'll have time to work on my business. That's the one I hear a lot. So yeah, I always hear <laughs> if I could just go from 1.5 to 3 million, it's always a double. I don't know what it is. Like doubling seems to solve all the problems. <laughs> That's right. And as, as you know, well enough by now, and you've heard me say this a lot of times, if you're not profitable at 1.5, you're certainly not going to be profitable at 3 million. So, you know, scale won't fix your problems in your construction business. So, <laughs> but getting back to your question, yeah, you're, you're definitely going to notice, you know, you're going to have to get used to hearing no. We talked about rejection. We talked about that's the most fiercely guarded human emotion we have because it preys right on our self-esteem and we don't want to hear no, right? We, we want to be part of that winning pack as ourselves. And so you're going to hear no. So you're going to have to like get used to that, right? Get used to the fact that you're going to do some of these initial calls. And when you actually broach that topic of, we have a, you know, a five-step sort of integrated process. It is a paid process that we go through. You're going to hear resistance. You're going to hear people object to it. So try to think about how I dealt with Spencer's objection again, preying on the words and the phrases and trying to pick up those breadcrumbs and put it back to somebody. If they still can't get on board with it, then you probably know you don't have the right client that you're speaking to. And I think we do these funny things in our minds where we try to convince ourselves that this is actually, oh, I can turn this client. I can turn this person. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that sometimes that's true, but oftentimes people will show their true colors right away when it, when, as soon as they're faced with a like a financial exchange, people's true colors, it's a, it's a, you know, that's a limbic system reaction. It's a fright or flight reaction and people will usually show their true colors. And so, yes, you are going to get fewer in-person consultations. And the idea though, is that those consultations, right? The whole idea here by adding friction into the process is that you're increasing the close rate from going to that in-person consultation to them becoming a preliminary agreement client with you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of data to support. Like once somebody's exchanged dollars with you, they're more likely to exchange more dollars with you. And so just getting to that quicker, you know, you're getting to that quicker than your competitors because they're having to wait, you know, to basically get somebody to sign on the, the final line. And you're just saying, hey, let's take this baby step. Let's exchange a little bit of money, but then I'm going to give you some more value. And so now they're, they're technically a customer at that point. Absolutely. And I love Go that. Ahead. And I love that. And it's like, you know, we always, we always say it's a litmus test. Can they get comfortable enough with us so that they can spend a little money with us? And once the big thing that happens in someone's mind, when they actually write you a check, send you a need transfer, whatever payment method, as soon as that money leaves their hands, there's a switch that goes off in someone's mind. They stop talking to other builders and it happens pretty much every single time until if, and then we always used to say this, it's yours to lose at that point, right? And if you screw up the process, which might happen to a couple of them, especially when you're first starting and cut yourself some slack, it's a new thing and you're, you're learning how to do it, then they might sort of entertain talking or pick the conversation back up with other builders. But generally speaking, people's minds or their switch will actually shut off. The other thing I want to bring up is that it's really, we talked a lot about expectation setting. We also talked last episode about how you've got that like four to seven seconds to make that great impression and all of that. You got to remember that if we give a free estimate to somebody, we're setting an expectation right at the beginning of that relationship that we will work for free. And that'll translate later on in the process where say you're a cost plus builder, and, and this happened to us a lot, where there was an obvious error that happened in construction. And then we hear those famous words of, well, I'm just going to eat that cost said Mr. or Mrs. Builder. And so, you know, the reality is, is that by not actually engaging in that free estimating, that bidding sort of process for free early on, you're setting an expectation that you are a business and that 
it isn't going to be a free ride. You're not putting that idea in someone's mind that there's going to be potential credits and it's going to be easy for you to cave later on. Love it. Yeah, that's super powerful. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's just so many benefits to this process for your company, but also for your client. And, you know, if you get more of the right clients, you're happier when you land them, you want to give them, you know, a good experience, they get a good experience. It just kind of keeps the cycle going in a really positive way. So, Brian, anything we left out here or, uh, you know, key points that you want people to, to remember when thinking about either implementing this process or if they're already doing it, just things that you should keep doing, keep remembering? Yeah, for sure. I've got a lot. I've got a lot to say about this topic, as you <laughs> All know. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> One of the other things that I think is really important, people get ghosted a lot, right? As builders, you meet somebody, you have a great first conversation. You book a time to go meet them in person. You meet them in person. Everything's going great. You feel like you're going to get invited for Christmas dinner. That's how well this relationship is starting off. You take away from that meeting some notes, some photos, et cetera, et cetera, and you decide that you're putting an estimate together. And hopefully this is the former you that you're doing this. And then (laughs) after this podcast, you're not doing this anymore. You go home, you're sitting there and you put your estimate together and it takes you however long it takes you. And then you put in an email you PDF it, you put in an email, or if you're using a platform like BT or Co-Construct or whatever, you're sending it through there and then poof, vanish. Um, Nothing. <laughs> you never hear another word from this person. You follow up six times, which is, as a side note, the recommended amount of times you should follow up with somebody, minimum. And you don't hear anything from them ever again, right? And you're wondering, why did I get ghosted? Well, I said it earlier in this podcast is that you're giving them what they want, right? If you give somebody a free estimate, there's really no incentive for them to follow up. So as we've talked about, we want to give the illusion of control to our prospects in the sales process. But let's be very clear. We are actually controlling the cards here. It's like a marionette. We're letting that person walk through it, letting them think it was their idea. But ultimately, we are kind of guiding them through those different steps and those little micro commitments or micro actions that we want them to take. So just remember that if you're getting ghosted right now, one of the main reasons is you're giving people exactly what they want before you ask for anything in exchange. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's so easy, you know, especially if you email something off, it's so easy to disappear. And, you know, that person just trying to collect information and what you do with that exchange of dollars is you kind of get them committed to starting the process versus if they just go get three estimates or five or six and they're all free, they might still not do anything. They might just ghost everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But if you say, hey, we got to pay to take this next step, then they're kind of like, okay, we're doing this thing, you know, <laughs> we're moving along. Yeah, yeah, it makes them it makes them commit to it, as you said. It makes it real for them also. And that, that shift in their mind is kind of like the light switch I'm talking about. That switch flips to the other side and now they're actually, it's becoming real for them. And everything that they tell you now is also going to be a lot more honest. It's kind of like, you know, going for a job interview and we always put on our best face and our best, you know, you know, we've got great answers to the questions that they ask us and all that sort of thing. And then I always used to say this as someone that interviewed tons of people in my life. It's like, you know, I kind of always just want to get to the true colors because I know they're going to come out anyways, right? But 
the parallel here is that once you get somebody engaged in a preliminary agreement, they're going to be a lot more likely to actually be a lot more honest with you. As we talked about, asking somebody what their budget is, is like stopping them and asking them to open up their online banking and show us how much money they have in their bank account. There's really no difference. They're not going to be honest with you until they can trust you. And they can trust you when they feel like they've actually taken their own step and it's becoming real for them. So, you know, this preliminary agreement, this whole idea of getting somebody to, a, you know, you can call it whatever you want, preliminary agreement, pre-construction agreement, you know, design agreement, estimate agreement, whatever, it doesn't really matter what you call it. Ultimately, this is something that does some subtle shifts, mentally speaking, for people, for your prospects to move them through that sort of sales pipeline. So a couple other key things that we talked about is just where do you start with all of this, right? Probably sounds like really, you're probably pumped up right now. I hope you're pumped up and you're feeling like, hey, I, that's right. That's me. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get paid for this. And I, I want better clients, right? I want the right projects and all that sort of thing. Well, you know, the reality is, is that nothing will change unless we actually take action to make that change and add some friction to your process, get to this preliminary agreement, start with whatever is comfortable for you. And when I say that, know that always, obviously most of this is going to be uncomfortable at first, but start with $100, start with $150. It doesn't really matter what amount you start charging. My recommendation though is to charge in the same manner that you operate, meaning like fixed cost or cost plus. That's really important because you set that expectation. And just know that you bring a ton of value to these people's lives. And when you let them basically make a decision on price alone, you are putting them at an incredible disadvantage and likely they're going to call you six months later and say, hey, we made a mistake. We're in trouble. Can you help us kind of thing? And that has happened more times than I can count on two hands in my career. So ultimately, just know that you know you bring a lot of value. If you don't believe that, then you're going to have a really tough time selling it. But just start with like the next person that contacts you and just say that we charge for estimates. Whether it's you know, you're not going to have the right words at first. You're not going to have the, a nice brochure that speaks to this process. This is all stuff that comes with time and, you know, just kind of getting familiar, getting your feet wet with this, charge whatever it is, and just know that you're, you're headed into the right direction. And ignore the people that tell you that, you know, doing free estimates is the cost of business. This could be other remodelers, other custom home builders, even in remodeler circles. Like it could be very much people that are talking about this. I know this because one of my clients sent me a chat from Instagram with six other builders and they were all talking about how they have to do free estimates because it's just the cost of doing business. And when you're starting out or when you're younger in your area, you just have to do that. And it's absolute nonsense. You certainly don't. So just know that there is a better process out there. It's about enjoying the ride as well as it's, you know, profiting in your business is obviously incredibly important, but enjoying the journey of how you spend the next 10, 20, 30 years in this industry is really worth a lot more than, you know, just firing out free estimates and hoping to get a yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think too, like one thing that always helps me in thinking about the concept of like valuing your own expertise is just, I mean, anytime you're in an industry and you've been doing something for a little while, everything starts to just normalize. And so it, it feels to you like everybody knows this. <laughs> but just remember, like, if you're going to talk to a neighbor, a family member, somebody that's not in your industry, like, think about how much they know about what you do. It's almost nothing. They know it's very surface level. And so put that in perspective. And then that's your client, you know. So when you do walk into that meeting and you're taking the steps that Brian, has laid out here. I don't know. I think that helps in terms of just going, oh yeah, like 
I know my stuff and I know a lot more than the person sitting on the other side of the table. So I, I am bringing value to them. hundred percent. Yeah. That's such a great point, Spencer. And we always talk about this in that you're many chapters, you're, you're volumes of books ahead of yes. the people that you're meeting, even if they've done this before, even if, you know, it's uncle Bob and aunt Sue who think that they know everything about it. You are volumes of books ahead of these people. And so that's a, such a great point in terms of, you know, recognizing our own value. And we just take for granted what we know when we go into someone's home and meet with them, we, you know, we just think it's commonplace. Well, everyone knows this, don't they kind of thing. And so, you know, don't be surprised that also your competitors don't know as much as you do. If you've been in this industry for a long time and you've been a sponge along the way, you're likely leading the pack. And so, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough when you're in it, but you know, just use those little things (laughs) that'll give you that edge when you go into that meeting and yeah, Brian, this is awesome. I hope that this conversation inspired a lot of people to take some next steps here and just charge 100, 150 bucks. Like you said, just kind of get started and you'll experiment a little bit. You may lose some opportunities, but over the long run and even just, you know, probably three or six months, you'll start to feel a big difference. So let me yeah, just, uh, one yeah, last anecdote it. here. My, my client that I mentioned to you, he's a younger guy, fairly successful here in Toronto he came into my class and he was doing free estimates. And I just told him point blank on the call with 25 other faces looking at him as well. (laughs) I said, just stop doing it. And sometimes we just have to be told that. So hopefully this podcast helps you hear that. On the next four calls that he got, he told everybody he charges $150. Guess what happened? He got paid. He got paid $150 (laughs) for every single estimate. So use that as some motivation. And hopefully I have empowered people to understand. I'm I'm incredibly passionate about this because as I said, right at the top of this podcast, these are true results that I've had for my own construction career. And I can tell you that once you start making this shift, you're going to see your business change and it's always going to be for the better. So hopefully this empowers you to stop estimating for free. (laughs) All right, guys, just, uh, just stop doing it. So, all right. uh, Yeah, no, thanks, Brian. And uh, for everybody listening, make sure you stay tuned for next episode. We're going to talk a little bit more about what we just kind of close out with, but building confidence. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey guys, I hope you're inspired to go out and start charging for estimates, even if it's just a hundred or $200. By charging for estimates, you're going to do several really powerful things for your business and your brand. The first one is it shows you value your time. So your customers will value it as well. People value what they pay for. The second thing is that this will separate you from the competition. Your prospects will be wondering why others aren't charging and that maybe they're taking shortcuts when you aren't. And the third is that it will weed out bad fit clients, which is an amazing thing. All right, guys, let's wrap episode five. Get out there, start charging for your next estimates. Start small if you need to, but just get started. We'll see you back here for the final episode where we'll tie everything together and get you ready to start building massive confidence in your sales process. 